I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan here has got a great show on tap. We're going to hear from quarterback Chubba Purdy. Running back Gabe Urban Jr. Uh, later in the show, and also uh, former Husker, the late former Husker Sam Foltz will be joined by his father Gerald Foltz later in the program as uh, they are naming uh, a portion of Highway 56 that runs by Greeley, Foltz's hometown, um, after Sam Foltz here uh, this weekend. And we'll talk to Gerald Foltz about that and much more. But uh, want to get into the opening headlines, kind of news of the week and. Uh, you had some transfer portal things happen for Nebraska. Running back Marquis Step officially went into the portal. The USC transfer goes in for Nebraska after one year in Lincoln, and you know his window was last season. I mean, it, it and it just didn't work out. And you knew when Marquis Step was hurt last spring, um, the spring of 2021, that wasn't a good sign. When they brought him in as kind of the Dedrick Mills replacement. And he, you know, he couldn't get off the ground really. As he came in with a foot injury, had injury issues at USC, and you know, Nebraska. That that's the danger sometimes of the transfer portal. You're not able to sometimes get a full medical report or information because it happened so quickly in December of 2020. Then he got here in January of 2021 and just never got going and missed the entire spring. Uh, came back for fall camp. Had moments I think where he looked good. Um, but just lack that gear to play at the Big Ten level for whatever odd reason, whether it's running style, injury, um, it just didn't work. His one good game came against Fordham, and you know he had over 100 yards in that game last season, uh, but that was FCS competition. This spring, he really was probably the fifth running back out of the, the guys that went through spring ball, and you, you never saw him get going and he even got hurt in the spring game. With that said, Marquise, a great young man, um, you wish him well. He's going to get his degree here in August and then have options uh, ideally to go play elsewhere. Uh, there's still a story I, I know they get shared about him after the spring game. Um, you know, he had a really rough spring game, got hurt in the game, was obviously frustrated, but still took the time to find um, a couple of young Husker fans as he left the field and handed them his gloves. And his uh, the father of those two boys um, shared that story and just – how his boys became huge Marquis Step fans after that moment. So, uh, great young man, great person. Um, just didn't work out in Nebraska for Marquis Step, and he'll move on. Um, and now Nebraska is down to six scholarship running backs. That's where they want to be. Uh, the number you want to carry is six. They had been operating with seven. You know, there was even a time when DeAndre Jackson thought he was coming, and he would have been eight. Um, and and obviously DeAndre Jackson. Ended up not coming. He's at Oklahoma State now. Um, but with Marquis Step gone, they're down to six. And yeah, you know, I think it's fairly clear where that position's heading. 
Um, I think there's the four established guys that were here for the spring, led by Ramir Johnson, Anthony Grant. You have Jacques and then Gabe Irvin Jr., and then a couple freshmen um, in that mix, A.J. Allen, Emmett Johnson. Um, so they have options, and Mar- um, Brian Applewhite has options. I think they want to get at least two, if not three, ready to go. But when you think about Steps' departure, the other thing that really jumps out to me is you could make a case that this might be the worst stretch of running backs in recruiting and production and development over a three-year period that we've ever seen in Nebraska. Since Divino Zigbo left the program following the 2018 season where he rushed for over 1,000 yards, Nebraska really has not even come close to getting a 1,000-yard back. We thought Dedrick Mills would do it, um, and it just never happened to him for whatever odd reason. He got off to a slow start in 2019, um, battled injuries in the shortened 2020 season, had some good games, good moments. And then obviously last year, Gabe Irvin Jr. got hurt. Um, you know, Jacques Yant looked like he was the guy. Uh, there were mo- just different players. Marquis Stepp looked like the guy for a week. They never could really established that position. I think for Nebraska to take the next step as an offense, they have to have a 1,000-yard back this year, period, in a discussion. And without a quarterback running it like Adrian Martinez, the running game is that much more critical for the tailbacks. They've got to get production from that group. I think Ramir probably has the edge today, um, but I really think Anthony Grant could end up being the guy. Um, I, I know they love him. He had a great spring. So we'll see where that position goes, uh, but Marquis Step moves on from the program. In recruiting, Nebraska picked up commitment number 14 from defensive edge player Ashley Williams Jr. Um, you know, he's the second edge guy to go with Maverick Noonan. I think the bigger question is, what happens with Cameron Lennart? I still think there's a pretty good chance that Lenhart commits to Nebraska. We thought they were done with two, and you know Lenhart would be three. So we'll kind of see how that situation gets massaged. Um, because I look at Ashley Williams's commit. Yes, he's a four-star, but I don't know if they had to necessarily take his commit right away. Um, Minnesota filled up, and that was his other option. And Nebraska, you know, they, I think they they kind of rushed in, and people were a little surprised how quickly that happened with him. I know the coaching staff had Linhart tabbed a notch higher than Williams on their board. So they want Linhart in the program. We'll see kind of where all of this goes moving forward. Now the players here in Lincoln, they will have their final week of summer workouts here this next week, and then they go into fall camp. So it's a whirlwind of a schedule that begins here um, after this week. Uh, The players will lift until Friday, July 22nd. The players then are off a few days. Then they begin report day on July 26th. That's a Tuesday. The players will also have Big Ten media days on the 26th. So we'll have three players in Indianapolis with Coach Frost. And then later that night, they will fly home and take part in the fan photo day in Memorial Stadium. So July 26th is going to be a very, very busy day for the program. Uh, Player report day, Big Ten media days. And fan photo, fan media day. Um, So we'll see kind of how that all comes together for Nebraska. But there's no doubt um, a lot coming up. This is kind of the final week before we really get going um, with fall camp and and, and things get going from that point. So I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be a huge, huge year in a lot of respects. Uh, I think Nebraska's got a great schedule. It all starts in Ireland. they got to win that game, as we know, uh, to really get this season 
to where they want to be. Got a full show on tap, as I mentioned. We're going to be joined by Gerald Fultz here in my next segment as we'll talk not only about uh, the highway dedication to Sam, but special teams play at Nebraska. Then Chubba Purdy joins me in studio. Nebraska's transfer quarterback from Florida State. Had a great conversation with Chubba and Gabe Irvin Jr. as well. And he is one of my favorite guys to talk to on this team. Just a great, great young man. Um, a leader in this program, no doubt. And Gabe almost feels like an underdog right now heading into camp. And we'll get Gabe's thought on that as well then i'll take some questions in the mailbag as we close the show that's all next year on this week's version of the husker online show hi it's sean callahan with husker online we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so u.s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five that's right a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, as I mentioned um, off the break, uh, we are going to be joined here by Gerald Foltz, the father of late Nebraska punter Sam Foltz. There's a very special thing going on in Sam's home community of Greeley, Nebraska. A portion of Highway 56 is going to be dedicated as the Sam Foltz Memorial Highway uh, on Friday at 3.30 here this week. And the first of two signs will be unveiled uh, for placing by the Nebraska Department of Transportation. Well, let's welcome in. Uh, Gerald Fultz here to the program. Gerald, uh, I know you're riding the. You're always busy on on the farm. What what are you working on out there today this week? Well, kind of working on some second cutting, cutting hay down, and try to get that out of the way so we can start irrigating again. And seems well, like there's there's always something to be doing. <laughs> well, Gerald, we appreciate you taking some time and uh, wanted to talk to you more about the dedication and just what this means. Um, what all went into this? Was you know how, how did how did it come about? Kind of explain the story uh, of of this and what it means to you and your family. Okay, Sean. Thanks. Uh, well, Sam was young. He had a friend in town, and his mother's name is Marianne McQuillan. And anyhow, anyhow, spent a lot of time at their house. And of course, after Sam died, well, Marianne kind of come up with this idea for a dedication of this highway and and kind of explained to us that, you know, we wouldn't have to do nothing. She just kind of wanted the blessing to go ahead with it. And, and of course, that, that worked out well for us because we were in, you know, survival mode. So she went ahead and started the, the process on it. And I guess I don't know a whole lot about it, other than the fact you got to wait five years before you apply for it, and then there's different criteria you got to meet. And luckily, everything got got met, and it's going to take place. We're joined here by Gerald Foltz, father of late Nebraska punter Sam Foltz, and you know, if I read it right, the the stretch of highway will it actually run by your farm? Yeah, correct. We're all oh, about two miles 
Well, east on Highway 56 off of 281. So that was always the horse to stretch a road. Stretch a road where, you know, Sam was coming home on. So now when, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine just being able to see his name on that sign. I mean, you, you think about Sam all the time, but now having it permanently be on the road you drive almost every day, it just puts in perspective the impact Sam has had on so many people. And because uh, there aren't a lot of people that have uh, stretches of highway and roads. I mean, Tom Osborne, I know, has one. You see Bob Gibson and some pretty famous people in Omaha. Dave Remington's got a street, and uh, Sam Fultz will have one here now, too. Yeah, they, well, the state put up the west sign, well, the other day. And of course, out here, everybody knows each other. So one of the guys on the State Department sent me the picture of it. And it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to get used to and see every day, but it's a good thing also. So, yeah, how much? I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, been it's been over five years now, um, but I mean to this day, I mean I'm I'm sure people talk to you about Sam. I mean what um, just the amount of people that reach out to you and talk to you today um, that have, that Sam impacted. How much do you still hear from those people even over five years later? Well, it's strange, and well, like I said, I think we're ten days away from the six year anniversary of it, but. I don't know. It's it's kind of it is strange that you know after all that time people still remember and a lot of his friends and even old coaches call on a pretty regular basis just checking up and sharing stories and it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's very nice, but it's it's a little different too, I guess. We're joined here by Gerald Foltz as uh, we talk about the dedication of the highway this week that will be named after Sam Foltz um, right outside uh, the, the community of Greeley, uh, right near the, the Foltz farm. And, Gerald, I see you around practices and, and games every once in a while still. Um, how close do you still keep a, a finger on things? Um, we're going to see a lot of new special teams at Nebraska with punters and kickers and other things this year. Um uh, what are your thoughts on kind of what Nebraska's added to try to get these special teams back up to the level they once were when Sam was here? Well, I guess everybody in Nebraska knows that the special teams unit was kind of lacking the last few years. But I know Coach Bush called, I don't know, four or five weeks ago when they had a specialist camp down there inviting me down to it. So went down and, oh, got to meet the kickers and punters down there and he kind of gave me an insight on what's taking place and I'm pretty excited about it yeah Bill Bush when you when you talk to him I mean you can sense how how much it means to him he's a Pender Nebraska guy he's coached now with Osborne and the Callahan staff and now with Frost um, you know a guy like that you'd have to think he's going to bring just a little bit more juice to the special teams day to day yeah correct and well, it's that, you know, part of the game a lot of people forget about, but it's, you know, it's over 30% of winning or losing in the way I look at it. And, you know, field position and returns and whatever, it's it's a big part of the game to 
kind of get the defense or offense fired up to come out with a victory. I'm trying to remember what game it was, but, he, I mean, Sam even, I remember he made a tackle. A guy with, had a really good return, and didn't he tackle a guy and force a fumble? I, don't, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, you go yeah. back to some of the yeah, plays Sam I mean, made. That, they, weren't, they weren't just punts. He made other impact plays. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked up his records for a while, but I think he's had, I think he had four or five. And, well, his first one was during the UCLA game, and first year he started, and then, I believe the one you're talking about was the Iowa game in Iowa where he forced the fumble and recovered it. And, well, I think he also had a penalty in that game where he hit the hit the return guy out of bounds, but he really didn't have a choice because I think, I think that guy's name was King and he was quite a, quite a return guy. And, but he, he was a physical, athletic, kid and that's that's the way he played well gerald uh really appreciate you uh taking some time here to join us i know you're right in the middle of work season there on the farm you're always working every time i call you and you joke with me uh, if i come out there you're going to put me to work but i probably wouldn't last a day um but someday maybe I, I'll, I'll come out there and, I, and i'll let you uh put the test on me to see how long i could last on your farm well, the way I look at it, Sean, you know, you're not going to learn any younger, so come on out. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, Gerald, thank you again for joining us, and um, congratulations on on the honor with, with the highway. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a, such a great tribute to, to Sam and your family, and I know uh, many Nebraskans are going to be there, and, and both physically and in spirit. Yeah, and well, thank you for taking out time, and I still thank the media for still honoring Sam from time to time, you know, even though it's we're going on his six-year anniversary, and that says a lot in itself coming from you guys, so thank you very much. All right, well, thanks again here to Gerald Fultz. Much more to come. We'll be joined by quarterback Chubba Purdy next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, as I mentioned off the top. Going to be joined here in studio by quarterback Chubba Purdy. And uh, Chubba, it's great to have you on. I know uh, we haven't talked uh, since early in the summer. Uh, Just curious, how how are things going? Uh, Where are you at as you get ready to kind of embark on this quarterback competition? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, we've just been really grinding this uh, summer, uh, just doing workouts, throwing with receivers and everyone, running backs. Um, so getting ready for fall camp coming up here in about three weeks. Where, uh, all the quarterbacks are super excited. We're ready to compete. And um, just as a whole, we're ready to get after it. Where have you come, I guess, the furthest physically since the end of spring? Since the end of spring, obviously I was dealing with a foot injury. Um, now I'm feeling pretty good. 
my foot, my foot's feeling great. Uh, I'm ready to go out there and work. I've been participating in all my workouts, uh, throwing, uh, lifting. So, talking here with quarterback Chubba Purdy, and you know, when you came back for the summer, were you full go right away? Did they turn you loose right away after that point? Yes, sir. Yeah, when I when I came back uh, for summer workouts and everything, I I was full go. Uh, I started right off the bat throwing. Uh, running, conditioning, lifting our weights with the uh, the whole squad and everyone. So I didn't take off any time, and I was I was ready to roll. I'm curious how much running and zone reads, and I, I mean because that was a big part of what they did before. I mean, are, are you guys working on a lot of those elements too uh, with this offense? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, we've been actually going over some of that stuff with Coach Frost. Really, just trying to uh, learn the run game on his part, and just watching film and. We're really just going to be. I don't. I don't know how they're going to figure it out or what we're going to do, but we're just making sure we know uh, both sides. Uh, make sure we really know the run game and make sure we know Coach Whipple's offense with the pass game really well. Um, so we'll see what we uh, end up doing. I'm curious about being under center because that was something we didn't see Nebraska do very often before. How much, and we saw it in the spring, but how much under center could you guys be? And, and has that been an adjustment just to get the you know, the, the flow of the offense, you know, being under center more in, in, in some of the things Whipple does. Yeah, uh, Coach Whipple, um, I, I've seen a little bit of clips of Nebraska from last year, and, uh, yeah, you could tell they didn't go under center a lot. Uh, with Coach Whipple, we'll go under center here and there. Uh, it's a pro-style offense, obviously, so uh, we do a little bit of that, uh, depending on what kind of plays we want to run and what kind of schemes we got uh, for that game and who we're preparing for. And that's a harder, you know, I, I've been around it where there's some quarterbacks that come from high school where you, you may never go under center even in high school. Were you a guy that went, went under center in high school and at Florida State at all? Yeah, at, uh, in high school I never went under center. I did uh, at Florida State a little bit, uh, not much. In the red zone we'd go under center. But besides that, I mean, I've all, my whole life I've really been in gun, so. I'll never forget we were at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio and Bob Johnson, the the former Mission Viejo coach, was the coach of the offense. And all three quarterbacks at the All-American Bowl did not know how to take a snap under center. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's a common thing because nowadays with high school quarterbacks, you're not really under center at all. Everything's in shotgun. And same with the NFL. A lot of things are in shotgun. Obviously, they go in, uh, under center more than uh, college and high school. But it's, it's new to a lot of the newer, uh, younger guys. So... What is the advantage when you're under center? Is it just the, the rushers don't have as clear of a lane to get to you and, and you could step up quicker? I mean, is there a real advantage you see being under center more? Yeah, you know, being under center, I, I just think nowadays, like I said, because everyone, defenses are so used to seeing guys in shotgun, and I feel like if once you get under center, you mix it up a little bit, um, just running tempo real quick, getting under, running the ball, uh, doing some play actions off of that, and uh, I think, I think it'll mess up the defense, and it helps, uh, I feel like, really the run game more. We're joined here in studio by Nebraska transfer quarterback Chubba Purdy as we're closing in here on the start of fall camp. And it is hard to believe, Chubba, that we're here already uh, less than 50 days away. Uh, I think when this interview airs, we're like 40, 45 days or so away from kickoff um, for that game at Evanston. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. Uh, I remember just getting here at the end of January, and it's already fall camp. And I mean, it's just it's flying by. I'm excited. We're all excited, and uh, so we're ready to just get after it. And let's see how the se the season goes. What have you learned about Nebraska? Or what's something you've learned in this time that maybe you didn't know before, and, and maybe you have a better appreciation of just in your time here? Uh, obviously, the fans. I mean, being like from Arizona and being out in Florida, 
I, I knew of Nebraska, and I did a camp here, but I never really, like, was at a game or, like, uh, even on TV. Like, I'd flick through the channels, like, I see Nebraska playing, and I, I'd see a, a lot of fans and stuff, but I would just skip through it, didn't really think much of it. But really, after that spring game, I know it wasn't even sold out, but there were still, like, 60,000 fans. I still thought that was crazy, and I realized, obviously, on social media, how crazy they are and how much they love us and how much they love sports out here. So, I mean... The fan, the fan part is just amazing here. Are you still carless in Lincoln? I know that when I've talked to you before, you were, you were, you have to get around a lot. And you're, on, do, you, do you walk or have a scooter? Oh uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I just walk everywhere. I still don't have a car. Um, been door dashing still a ton every day. Well, not not every day, but a lot. Basically, a lot of the days I, I door dash a lot too. So you got to roll those specials, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully, I get a car soon. I think uh, my dad, maybe for my birthday, hopefully I get a car. So we'll see. You gotta you gotta have a lot of good friends with car. Who who's your roommates right now down here? Uh, my roommate is Marquis Step. Uh, he doesn't have a car either. His uh, was get his is getting fixed on. So me and him both didn't have a car. So just figuring out. So you walk to the stadium in the mornings or get yeah, I, I just or, I walk to the stadium every day. Get your steps in, right? Oh yeah, no, I definitely get a little exercise in every day. Going home too. Well, talk more about just the culture of the locker room because there's a lot of new guys, fifteen transfers, three JUCOs that have came come in. Obviously the freshman what is just the makeup of of this team right now with so many new faces and how how much closer have you come together yeah you know even since spring ball we've had a ton of new transfers come in and i feel like everyone's getting along great the new guys they've they've snapped right into it and they're joking around with us we're all working out with them and getting along and they're working out hard and just the whole locker room in general i feel like we're all clicking really well and everyone's uh, hungry and everyone wants to work. And um, so I think all of them, we're all super motivated. And like even today, we're all uh, running for conditioning. And you see you see guys with grit and everyone's uh, speaking up and telling each other to finish through the line. And everyone's just really, really all in it together. And even the transfers, they've jumped in it. Even the freshmen, the new guys, everyone's jumped in it so quick. And uh, everyone's got a role to play. I there's I noticed there's nine quarterbacks now on the roster. So are, are all nine of you guys together in, in the room now at times? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean it's it's a packed room. Uh, we got we cramming in all these chairs in there trying to watch film and stuff. But uh, it'll be a it'll be a good time. Uh, there's one that intrigues me. Mikey Pauly has joined your room, the baseball player, but yes, he, was, he was the Kansas City High School Football Player of the Year. What has he been like just behind the scenes, being a guy that came here as a baseball recruit, but Obviously, he's all in with you guys in that quarterback room now, too. Yes, yeah, he's been Mikey's been in all the meetings, uh, throwing work with us, working out with us, um, and I saw him wearing a baseball shirt the other day, and I I totally forgot. Like I knew I knew that he played both sports, but it clicked to me. I'm like, man, this kid's doing two sports in college. I mean, props to him. That's a that's a tough thing to do, and that's a that's an awesome achievement to have. So. You you were a big baseball guy, right? Yes, sir. I was pitcher or uh, yeah. I, I made, my main position was pitching, and then I also played uh, center field and then third base. But so. the thought of doing two at this level is just nuts. Yeah, especially being a quarterback like him. So I mean, the props to him, and I, I I realize how hard that would be if I were to try to do that too. God, and I think he's a catcher, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Which yes, that's sir. a crazy combination. You just yeah. don't see very often, but. Um, yeah, being a quarterback too, that's crazy. What's Coach Whipple been like over the summer now that you guys have really had a lot of months with him? Yeah, I know. Um, since being with him, since I've been here in spring and uh, summer, obviously he's been. Uh, we just been hammering our way at the playbook and watching film, uh, making sure all the quarterbacks are dialed in before camp. 
Um, after our workouts, we're doing like these little walkthroughs with the coaches and the players, um, just really making sure we, because we, when we watch it on film, we understand it. That's the mental part, but you want to go out there and get the physical reps. So we've been really hammering away on the physical reps uh, with the receivers, running backs, O-linemen, and having like a mini practice and making sure everyone knows what they're doing. And you guys will head out to Ireland. Um, we had a Zoom meeting with the Ireland folks last week, uh, just kind of previewing the week ahead. I mean, how much have you guys talked about that trip and the itinerary? Because that will be here before we know it. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, like you said, 50, 50 days or 51 days till kickoff. And, uh, I mean, it's going to come up on us quick. We've been talking about the game, and it's going to be a lot of work, you know, obviously traveling all the way to another country and whatnot. But uh, it'll be a fun time. Um, it's going to be some good memories. Um, and the flight is obviously, I think, what is it, an eight-hour flight? Yeah, it depends. Going out there, it's a little quicker if you get wind because – from Chicago, we got there in six, but we had a good wind. Okay. Uh, from Lincoln, you know, you're gonna probably add two hours, so yeah, you know, seven exactly. or eight. Yeah. You, you better bring a bring a good phone charger with you. And oh yeah, you got you, you got to download a couple good shows to watch because I think I got through all of Ted Lasso on my way out there. <laughs> oh really? You watched that one yet? No, my family loves that show. I've watched a couple uh, episodes of that, so it's pretty funny. It, it kind of got me in the uh, European mood before we got out there, but yeah, yeah it's going to be a fun trip. I'm, I know a lot of you guys are probably, you know, it's almost surreal to think that you're going to be getting on a plane to go overseas. Oh, I know it's going to be crazy it. playing football over there, and I feel like people from Ireland are going to think that's pretty cool as well. Well, Chubba, we appreciate you stopping in. Uh, looking forward to getting going here and uh, seeing how you do here in August. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, much more to come. We'll be joined next by running back Gabe Irvin, Jr., listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, thanks again to Chubba Purdy. And before we get into our next guest, Gabe Urban Jr. joining us here in studio. A reminder, join me out at Tanner's on July 18th, this upcoming Monday night. Uh, we have got a fun preseason Husker football kickoff party. Uh, Trey Palmer, O'Shawn Mathis, Garrett Nelson uh, are featured players that will be there that night. Um, they've got a great, great uh, deal where all your drinks and your Wagyu steak um, and, and appetizers are included Get on to Tanner's website. Uh, they've got all the information for that event coming up here on July 18th. Well, let's get in here with uh, our next guest, Gabe Urban. We're going to see you out at Tanner's that night. Um, I don't know if I'll be at Tanner's, but I mean, I haven't really heard about it. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll set you up if you get out there. But uh, I'll definitely go around. You're not going to turn down steak, right? No, nah, definitely not steak. I love steak, medium well type of guy. Now, were you were you a steak guy? You came from Georgia. Were you always a steak guy down south, or has Nebraska made you more of a steak guy? You know what? I haven't really ate that much steak in Georgia. You know, going into Nebraska, I actually really like. I really started to go on more dinners and eat more steaks and loving it. You know, Nebraska makes some really good steaks, and I'm enjoying it. What's your favorite cut of steak? Um, probably the um ribeye. The ribeye, the right. ribeye, medium well. Medium you know, well. It gotta be. It gotta be seasoned. 
You, you like it a little. You don't like it red. Nah, not the red. If I see red, I'm not eating it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll convert you to a medium rare guy eventually. <laughs> but no, Gabe, uh, you, obviously you're going through summer workouts right now, closing in on the start of fall camp. Um, coming off that injury from a year ago, uh, you were turned loose here this summer. How has the comeback been, and, and how close to Gabe Irvin, the, the guy that we saw last year, are you right now? The comeback's been great. I've been really hungry going into this fall camp, you know, working hard, working on the little details that I really need to work on, and I'm just hungrier than I've ever been going into football. I'm, I'm so ready. Yeah, when you had something, you, you were the first true freshman ever in Nebraska's history to start a season opener at running back, which is a hell of an honor to have, but then to have it all be taken away – how much does you does that recharge you to say I got to earn it back now? It definitely recharges in a way that I have to show the world, show the community who Gabe Irvin is. You know, I have to remind them who who I am, and I'm definitely looking forward to show them my capabilities and make Nebraska win. You know, help Nebraska win. In your opinion, how much much how much better can this running back room be, top to bottom, than maybe it was a year ago? Well, this running back room has probably been the most talented it's been in a, in a while. You know, we got a lot of keys and tools to fit um, forth to our offense. So it's going to be really, really good because we're all going to compete with each other, you know, make each other better, you know, and this is going to make the team better and make the offense better. And we're just going to run the ball. We're going to go downhill. We're going to run that rock. And we, you know, we've seen it where the quarterback in recent years had to run the ball at times, maybe 15 or 20 plus times a game. I, I get the sense that's not going to be the case this year with what Mark Whipple's doing. So with that said, how much more is that going to put on the running backs to maybe get additional carries in a game now? Yep, we're definitely going to get additional carries. You know, the um, last year, Adrian, you know, had mo most of the carries. We had QB runs. But this year, Mark Whipple has, you know, under center. We're going to run under center more downhill. And we have different run packages. You know, we have the backs to do it. So that's what we're going to do this year. Did you run under center in high school? I did. That was that was our offense. So I'm very familiar with this type of offense. And as you can see, I'm kind of excited, you know, to do that this season. So it's going to be really good. So in some ways, was that an adjustment for you last year, being in the gun, being in the pistol, having to run at the level, the Big Ten level, against teams like Oklahoma and Illinois early, um, where under center it's a different feel, obviously, when you probably get the football. Well, you know what? In freshman and sophomore in high school, I kind of did the spread. So I did both. Like we did Coach Ford, our high school coach. We did kind of spread. And in my junior and high school high school year, we um, Coach App took over and we did under center and we did downhill. So I kind of did both. So when I got to Nebraska, it was kind of good going to spread. I mean, it was all right. So I, I was familiar with it. So I attacked that. What do you think of that quarterback room? I mean, it seems obviously um, things aren't officially settled yet. I mean, Casey got the reps in the spring, but there's there's a lot of guys vying for that position still, it feels like. It definitely is. We're just going to have to see. You know, everybody is, is going to have to compete in fall camp. You know, the starters that's going to be at the end of fall camp are going to be the people that put forth that effort, you know, work that hard. So it's going to be a battle, you know, in quarterback room, everybody, it's a lot of people that are talented in that quarterback room, and we're just going to have to see who makes it out. What about the running back room? I mean, how, how do you see that shaking out? I mean, how, do you feel like two or three of you guys have to be ready to play in a game? Yep, two to three is going to basically probably tote the rock. You know, those two to three are going to get most of the carries. You know, and it's the same with the running back room. We're going to have to compete, you know, each and every day. And at fall camp, fall camp is going to be war. You know, we're going to go to war and we're going to compete with each other 
and you know that's that's just the game of football. And you're you know it's it's hard for running backs in in spring and fall because there aren't a lot of live take to the ground deals. Mm-hmm. So when you have those scrimmage opportunities where it's take to, take to the ground, how big will that be in August for these backs? That'll definitely be big. You know, show like first impressions to the coach and what you can do in live physical contact. You know, that'll be definitely good to show our abilities. And to take on, you know, those meaningful carries that you get during the scrimmage are going to really matter because, you know, you can probably make those plays throughout the fall. What about Brian Applewhite, your new position coach? He came in um, and you guys have now gotten to know him pretty well since since he came in in the winter. What do you like about what Coach Applewhite has brought day to day to that running back room? Coach Applewhite came in the room talking about setting the standard. You know, he wanted to set this type of standard to bring the Nebraska running backs back, you know, how they were in the old. And, you know, Nebraska was probably known for their running backs. So he wanted to bring that type of culture and that type of vibe back to Nebraska. And it's just made us so hungry. You know, I can even see it in the backs in the spring. You know, I, I, w- I wasn't doing a spring actively throughout the place, but I can just see the different hunger that they have and that they approach to the game. And I just know and I can feel that energy carrying over in the summer workouts and carrying over into fall camp. And it's just going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle and we're all going to help each other get to that goal that we want to do. We want to win. So we're all going to come together, lean on each other to win. We're talking here in studio with running back Gabe Irvin Jr., um, you're a redshirt freshman, right? You got yeah, a, you got a redshirt. I'm a redshirt because so I got hurt the fourth game in the season. So redshirt freshman uh, coming back. Um, you mentioned old Nebraska running backs. I'm curious, have you ever really watched or studied some of the history of the running back position at Nebraska? I did. I really watched, you know, um, Ahmad Green and Lawrence Phillips, you know, their dog mentality that they put in, like how they carried that rock. That rock meant, when they carried that rock, it meant to them. It, it meant something special to them. And that's what it had to mean this year with the running backs, you know. Everybody doesn't get to carry that Nebraska football and tote the rock for Nebraska. So you have to set that example and put it forward. What's been different about this summer compared to maybe last summer, just training and working out? Do you notice any big differences from your perspective? I do. In my perspective, I feel like the team, you know, like we have this edge to them. We're, We're more hungry. You know, we're not just conditioning just to get the day over with. We're conditioning to win. We're conditioning to beat these Big Ten teams and beat all all these teams that's come across our way to win because we have to show people who we are. When you look at leaders on the offense, I mean, I think on defense it's easy to identify. You have a guy like Garrett Nelson and Caleb and Quinton, you know, established guys, Luke and Nick. Who have been some of the guys on offense that have really stepped up in more leadership roles, knowing that, you know, there's a lot of new faces that are going to be in key positions here on this offense next year? You know, um, Casey Thompson kind of came in, you know, with that leader attitude. And he showed he showed what it's like, what it takes to lead and what it's like to, you know, have that winning attitude and that winning standard. You know, he's very detailed oriented and I think he knows what it takes to win. Not saying that um, he's going to be a starter. You know, we have multiple weapons in our QB room, and that's going to fall to play as they fall to play. But he really gave that leadership role coming in, you know, as a transfer. Like a level of professionalism. Yeah, a level of professional. You know, I feel like he took it as that this is what we have to do, and this is what it takes to win football games. You know, coming from Texas, he probably has some familiarity, you know, to know what it takes in know how to carry that leadership role. What have you seen in that receiver room? It just seems like there's a cast of characters in there between Trey and, and, and some of the guys in that room right now. Yeah, the leader, uh, the um, wide receiver room is pretty funny. You know, they, 
they really have different personalities in our room, and I love it. You know, Mickey came in with that swagger personality, and this is how we're going to get it done. And he's really business type, you know. And he really took that wide receiver room and that wide receiver core to a whole different level. I feel like they're ready. They do routes on air, like, almost every day, you know, detail. They're so detail-oriented and knows what it takes to get open. We're less than 50 days away from kickoff in Dublin, Ireland. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I haven't been more ready to play a football game in ever, you know, and especially as out of the country is going to be, you know, something to always remember. What are you going to do on an eight-hour plane ride to kind of – because you got a whole week out there. So how are you going to control your adrenaline on an eight-hour plane ride? Yeah, I'm probably going to just probably watch a couple movies to get my mind off it a little bit because you can't really stay focused on it that much. So, you know, it's going to really, you know, overwhelm the brain. So I'm really just going to lay back, you know, probably lock in when they get closer to the games. But on the plane, I'm probably going to just, like, watch a couple movies. You think you'll be able to fall asleep on that ride over? I really can't fall asleep on planes. It's really hard for me. But if it's eight hours, I'm definitely going to sleep. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm I'm going to sleep. Yeah, that first day, I think, for everybody is going to be the hardest because then they're going to keep you up all day on Tuesday. So you got to figure out how to sleep on that flight. Definitely got to figure out how to sleep on that flight. Well, hey, Gabe, we really appreciate you taking some time here uh, as you guys get uh, ready for the start of the season. Uh, Just about a week or so left of summer conditioning, and then uh, we're in a fall camp. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Let's get it. All right. Thanks again here to Gabe Irvin Jr. for joining us on the Husker Online Show. Much more to come. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here. Thanks again to Gabe Irvin Jr., Chipper Purdy, Gerald Foltz for joining me here on this week's show. And if you want to join me, I'll be out at Tanner's Monday night. We have our preseason Husker party. It's going to be awesome. Um, there's still going to be some tickets available if you want to get in on that. Uh, I believe you could walk up at Tanner's and try to buy them that night. Otherwise, get on their website. Uh, but Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, and others all will be out at Tanner's. We've got a preseason Husker night. It's an all-inclusive ticket that includes all your alcohol, USDA Prime Steak, um, all appetizers, everything included that night at Tanner's on 30th and Yankee Hill here in Lincoln. So um, it's going to be a fun, fun night, um, opportunities to get pictures, autographs, whatever you want with the players that will be in attendance. That's Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill for the preseason Husker party on 30th and Yankee Hill. Um, now let's get into the mailbag. I've got a lot of questions here this week, some good ones, some fun ones. Um, as, as I get through the questions here, uh, first one is from Cole. Uh, Cole wants to know, update on the in-state recruits for 2024. Um, well, let's start first. I think Davon Hall from Bellevue West is your number one right now. Um, Nebraska, to me, sits at a good spot with Davon Hall. Uh, Mickey Joseph has a great relationship with him. Um, so I like that position. You've got Caleb uh, Benning, uh, Omaha West Side corner. You know, we didn't hear a lot from Benning um, this summer with Nebraska. Um, you know, he's very busy with basketball and other things, but obviously a legacy, so we'll see where that goes. I think the real intriguing one is Carter Nelson out of Ainsworth. And, you know, he's gotten some big offers, including one from Iowa and 
Um, some other major power fives. Nebraska obviously offered him very early on. I think Carter Nelson, you know, when you look at his upside and potential, he is a big-time potential recruit for 2024 that Nebraska needs to make a priority. All right, uh, next question is from Sean. Wants to know, how come no coaches or staff members seem to react with any tweets like they normally do after the most recent commitment? Is there more to this story? Oh, boy. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I think coaches are out of the office right now. It's vacation season. So not everybody um, is kind of dialed in like they might be normally. So um, <laughs> there, there's there's some something there, I'll say, but that's that's how I'll say it right now. But, yeah, you, you make a good observation there, Sean. Um, but I do think, um, you know, the coaches are out of the office on vacation and you know, it's a little bit of a downtime right now for all of coaches in college football. Next question is from Rick. Rick wants to know when you think Whipple and Frost will name the starting quarterback. I think you got to do it about two weeks before the opener. Um, you know, typically fall camp, you know, goes about two and a half weeks or so before you break out of camp. Nebraska will leave for Ireland on the 22nd. I think by the 15th of August, Monday, you almost want to have a pretty good idea of what you're going to do. So that leaves almost three weeks of practice, scrimmages and whatnot. Casey Thompson's got a leg up. I don't think anyone's going to debate that. The question is, can somebody, whether it's a uh, Cheva Purdy, who we just heard from, or Logan Smothers, can one of those guys rise up and, and get that job? That, that will be what fall camp will be all about. Um, Joel Norris has a question. Which position groups do you expect the last two transfers out? Um, which position groups do you expect the last two transfer outs to come from? Joel, um, the number situation is what it is. Um, I don't expect any more um, current players to leave. I think Nebraska can be very flexible. They have some options with how they want to work their numbers. And, you know, there's some walk-ons that could go back off. Um, there's some guys that are graduating that could go off. I mean, there's a lot of things that Nebraska can do. They're at 85. That's, that's what they'll tell you. Um, they're not going to really get into the details, though, on the specifics of what they do to be at 85. But just know this, they're at 85, and, and they're, they're fine with where they're at going into the season. Um, Rob wants to know, who is your starting five on the O-line? Um, starting defensive backfield in Dublin as well. All right, my starting five, left tackle, Teddy Prohaska, left guard, Turner Corcoran. I like Corcoran there. Centers, Trent Hickson, right guard, Brock Bando. I'm going to go Bryce Benhart at right tackle. In the secondary, uh, I'll stick with kind of where it's at right now. Tommy Hill and Quentin Newsom as your corners, and we'll hear from both those guys, by the way, on our show next week. Uh, they're going to join me in studio. And then safeties, Miles Farmer and Marquise Buford. I think Omar Brown's the wild card. Um, I think Isaac Gifford is your nickel at this point. Um, there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of depth. Braxton Clark could be in that conversation as well. Uh, Rob S. Fitness wants to know. Let's see. Actually, that was Rob's question. Uh, let's go to Tyler Christensen's question. Who do you think will be the players uh, to go to Indy for Big Ten Media Days? Great question. Um, I'll say this. Garrett Nelson. Travis Volkolek, Tamir Locks. I think the other one is kind of a wild card, whether it's Caleb Tanner, whether it's Quentin Newsom. I'll say Quentin Newsom right now. I think you're going to see Travis Volkolek, Garrett Nelson, and Quentin Newsom as the picks for Nebraska. We got a question from who? Huskers Derek uh, wants to know, what is Omar Manning's latest injury? He was seen on crutches this summer. 
Hard to say. And, you know, guys can be on crutches for a variety of things. Minor ankle injuries put guys in boots all the time. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into it until practice starts. Uh, David wants to know, since we will have a couple of pass rushers in camp, will our tackles improve and simply not be humiliated on a daily basis? I think that's a great observation you make, uh, David, because you can argue Nebraska's tackles have not seen elite pass rushers. And now with Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner, they are going to be tested more. So I do think that is something uh, you make a great point, that it actually will help hopefully Nebraska's tackles as well. Um, Huskers uh, OOS wants to know what are realistic expectations for the Huskers this season? Well, number one, make a bowl game. I mean, I, and I know people scoff at that, but guys, they haven't made a bowl game since 2016. Okay. So, and they, they could have won in 2020. They opted not to, I get it. Um, but they need to get to a bowl game period. What does that look like? Win wise, six, seven, eight wins. I, I don't know. Uh, but they need to show signs of improvement. Then you get to a bowl game and and show that this thing is going in the right direction uh, for this to be a successful season. I think seven's a fair guess or take on wins. I think they can win eight, too. I really do. A lot of it's the Northwestern game. If they win the Northwestern game, I think they're in really good shape to have a good season for Nebraska. Um, next question is from Vinny. Will Turner Corcoran start? Yes, I think he's a left guard right now. Uh, and he said, I'm seeing a lot of projected lineups by Husker fans that have him out of the lineup. I don't get that because Turner Corcoran, to me, from what I know, and I get the privilege to talk to a lot of the players and coaches, um, I think Corcoran will be on that line. Uh, Teddy's your left tackle. Corcoran's probably going to be a left guard. He could play right tackle, too. A lot of it depends on kind of who the best five guys are. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, Black Shirt Nation, who has the best chance to increase their draft stock and make the jump this year, and why is it Newsom? Huh? I, I don't quit. I don't get the second part of that question. Um, I, I think Newsom could be a yeah. If he has a good year he, as a corner, he could be good. But I think Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, all those guys could really kind of potentially put themselves on a draft radar. I think that's where I lean. Travis Volkolek too. Um, but, man, when you see guys like Austin Allen not get drafted, it really makes you scratch your head. But I think Travis Volkolek with a good year and a, a solid year of blocking, very good chance that he could get drafted this year. Uh, Jeff Gambino. Number one, what has Bryce Benart's progress been like? Where does he play? Um, right tackle still for Benart. They have not tried any guard. I think he's been hungry. He's been motivated. New coach. We'll see where that goes. Number two, is this year going to be the year where Nash the Polar Bear has a coming out party? I think you can define coming out party in a lot of ways. I think he's going to be on the field in the rotation. Um, I think you're going to see Nash be able to play, you know, 15, 20 snaps a game, which would be a lot more than he had before. I don't see him being like a 40 snap game guy, but I see him being like 15 to 20 uh, this year on the field. Number three, Frost is a brilliant offensive mind. How do you see Frost and Whip collaborating on scheming and calling plays? Nobody knows. Uh, that dynamic with Frost and Whipple, I think, still very, very much up in the air. Um, we think that Whipple will be on the sidelines. He was on the sidelines at Pitt. Um, so that's another thing I want to watch. Where is Whipple on game days, I would assume, on the sidelines? Husker Dude 87 um, says it feels like our secondary has a lot of guys who work at both safety and corner. 
Who do you expect to be our starting secondary versus Northwestern? So already kind of went through that already. Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsom, Miles Farmer, Marquise Buford. Look for Omar Brown as well uh, to get in there. Um, all right, two more questions here. One is from Alberto. What is a legitimate expectation for this defense? We have lots of inexperienced guys leaving for big roles. I think what I like about the defense, Alberto, is the schedule. I don't see a lot of elite quarterbacks on there. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue is probably the best quarterback they'll see all year. Um, so I, I like the way it sets up. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma we think will be really good too. Um, but they're not going to see a lot of elite quarterbacks this year on the schedule. There's no Ohio State finally. Um, so I think that alone will really help this defense play better um, because they're not going to see some of these guys that they've had to face the last couple of seasons. All right, final question, and it's from our friend Parker Gabriel uh, out in Denver. By the way, he wrote a great story on uh, Jake Plummer and what he's doing now out there um, after football. But Parker wants to know, with the move to the uh, Big Ten for USC and UCLA, what is the Friday night steakhouse in Los Angeles for the, Hus uh, for the Husker Online crew? And Parker knows me well. Our tradition on Friday nights on road games um, is we go find a really good steak wherever we're at. And we've kind of traveled the Big Ten all over. I'll tell you, Parker, I want to try Lowry's, the Beef Bowl. Um, have not been there. I know that was always a part of the Rose Bowl trip. Uh, but I think you got to try Lowry's out, um, you know, the, the the home of the famous prime rib and, and, and what they bring out there um, in Los Angeles. So uh, that's where we're going to probably head. We'll see um, – Nebraska's in a division with one of those L.A. teams or a quad or a pod or however you want to describe it. I'm going to be intrigued because I have to think Nebraska now, um, depending on what happens in the Big Ten with other additions, they very well could find at least one L.A. team on their schedule every year now with their location being the furthest West team. Nebraska actually has the most history of playing UCLA in the Big Ten right now, too. So um, we'll see where that goes. But that wraps it up here for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. We'll be back again here for another show next week. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.